we don't glorify self-care around here. We glorify self-leadership because most self-care won't do anything to help you move forward. It will give you some relief in the moment. You know, a spa day, going getting a massage, taking some time to yourself or whatever. Uh, if you don't get to the thinking behind what, what got you to this shitty situation you're in, even after you get a little respite for a minute. I mean, the amount of people that complain to me about vacation when they're uh, when, once they get back is breathtaking. Hello, my friends. My name is Chad. This is the Naked Leadership Podcast, high-stakes conversations for relentless company founders. My co-host and I have over six decades of combined experience in leadership coaching, and this podcast is where we explore it all. There is no conversation too risky. This week, Adrian and I sit down to chat about who our first client actually is and what in the world does that mean? Of course, with your clients and your customers and your products and your services, you are attentive, you're innovative, you're always looking for the edge, listening for the feedback. You have to or you wouldn't last in the competitive market. But do you do the same with your team? Do you take the same approach with the people who work for you? Let's dive in. All right, here we are. How are you, man? Hey, I'm good. Good to be with you. Good. Hey, right at the top, really quick, Dan's still out, enjoying time with his family, so he won't be joining us in this conversation. Uh, We're going to do the best we can without him. Sipping my ties. Sipping my ties. Dan, if you're listening to this, if you're listening to this, um, then, you know, enjoy it. Get one for me. Love you. (laughs) so uh right at the top i want to read this um post from gary v he's on linkedin and gary v i mean he's if if you know who he is he's always got a uh, little provocative way of saying shit and uh so i thought this was a good conversation starter for this week's episode this podcast so here here is mr gary v bosses listen up It's time to drop the entitlement and start treating your employees like fellow human beings. I can't tell you how many small business owners and managers I've encountered who act like their employees are there to serve them. It's obnoxious and it needs to stop. (laughs) When you own a company, it's easy to expect your people to work as hard as you do. But But here's the thing. Are you giving them the same money? Are you treating them with the same level of respect and appreciation? If not, you have no right to demand that they work like you do. I'm tired of seeing bosses who don't understand the base, this basic principle. Your employees are not your servants. They are your partners in building something great. Yeah. Treat them that way and you'll see the results in your business. Um, so, obviously a bit of Gary. provocative language there. Yeah. Um, but there's a strong invitation in the conversation that I wanted to have uh, on our podcast, this is something that I experience in our organization, Take New Ground. You know, both you and Dan always say um, our consultants, our partners are our first clients. Uh-huh. And partners in our organization would be similar to uh, what others would call their employees or their team members. Uh-huh. And, um, you know, I, I think... Anybody listening to this has probably experienced this uh, with other leaders or bosses where there is this idea of a, a servitude or hierarchy. Hierarchy is one of the words that comes up to my, comes into mind for me is like 
this thing that's set up where um, there is a value in place and and as it goes down the rungs, the values go lower and lower and lower and that and thus people are treated that way. Um, I don't know. I'm not I'm not fully on board on the pay thing that he says, but uh-huh. um, I am on, as as far as the way that we're creating together and the level that we are on in creation, it, I'm, I'm fully on board for. So I, I wanted to have this conversation about this idea of um, our employees being our first clients. Mm-hmm. And that's an interesting idea because what is it that you are willing to do for your clients? Yeah. How do you view them? You probably view them as the source of even having a company or a business. Mm-hmm. Now, do you do you view the people that work for your company in the same light? So as I open this up, Adrian, I'm, I'm curious what you're thinking about. Um, how do you start to think about this idea of either having a hierarchy and a, and a, a team of servants, I guess we'll mm-hmm. use it if we're going to use the provocative language, um, versus a team of equals who are here to create? Yeah. Well, I, I naturally think about what sets us up to have the former conversation. You know, I think once we, it's worth stating the obvious that like when you, when you do pay someone a salary, it is a value exchange uh-huh. and I'm paying a salary and I am expecting certain things in return from them. Yeah. And, you know, and so, yeah, so of course that's part of it. And, um, I think the challenge though is, is that if, if I'm leaning on that as like the core tenant in the relationship, then I've already set the relationship up to fail because I'm paying you therefore, and I'm looking to get a return on that investment. And all of a sudden now I'm focused on the return and not the person generating the return. And so they've already become an object to me. They've already become a vending machine. They're like, I put this money in and I get this stuff back. And damn it, that's the way it's supposed to work. Yeah. And, you know, I think naturally, I mean, as humans, we can't stop ourselves from projecting. Like we end up treating people like tools. And that makes sense to us because we treat ourselves like tools. Like so many hard charging leaders don't offer themselves their own humanity. And so they drive themselves into the ground and then expect other people, which is probably Gary's broader point, um, expect other people to handle the type of relationship. How do I say this? Like, I'm going to offer to them the type of relationship I have with myself, which is usually very self-critical and very demanding. And part of that is part of the magic of being ambitious and successful is I'm self-critical and I'm demanding. And if I start treating other people like that, though, I'm a, I'm a tyrant. Well, yeah, I can I interject here just to Please. bring this to the ground? I have a client that I'm working with right now. I love him. He's such a good guy, brilliant dude. And he's got this business that is, is uh, fairly new. It's about three years. I think they're in their fourth year of business. Um and he's really uh, unhappy with the way that his life looks. Uh-huh. Meaning the the amount of time that he works, his relationship to his family, um, you name it, he's in it deep. 
all of the yep. founder uh, complaints that we're in, he's he's owning all of them in the current moment. Yep. And um, and then on, so take that. I'm just illustrating this point, right? So take that. He's very unhappy with the way that his life is currently right now. He's treating himself like a tool. Yes. Like a vending. I love the idea of a vending machine. He is doing yes. this to himself. He 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 views himself the same way. And then he's extremely unhappy with uh-huh. the people who the performance of the people who are working for him. Yeah. Like why don't why don't they work harder? Why don't they care the way that I do? Why don't uh-huh. you know all of this stuff? And they are a tool for outcome. Yeah. Just like he is. Yep. And it's sick. <laughs> yeah. And it's so interesting, you know, that that the idea breaks down of like, oh, I'm wanting them to set up their lives in the same way that I have that I hate. <laughs> right. Isn't that funny? That's wild. Yeah. Yep. Misery lives company. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's, you, you know, just think about complaints that you have as a founder, both of, of yourself and the business and, you know, what's not working in your life right now. And where are you wanting those who work with you to set up something similar? Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. Um, also, other aspects of this that I, I'm hoping if you're listening, by the way, you're asking yourself some questions right now. Uh-huh. And how might you might how might you be using yourself as a commodity instead of really honoring yourself? Because um, you'll 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 end up. I, I'm I'll just say it's like gravity. However you treat yourself is how you got to treat other people. Yeah. So, you know, I we don't glorify self care around here. We glorify self leadership. Um, because most self care won't do anything to help you move forward. It will give you some relief in the moment. Uh-huh. You know, a spa day going getting massage, um, taking some time to yourself or whatever. Uh, if you don't get to the thinking behind what, what got you to this shitty situation you're in, even after you get a little respite for a minute, I mean, the amount of people that complain to me about vacation when they're, when, once they get back is <laughs> breathtaking, you know, like I took this vacation, man, get, took some time away and I come back and I'm so overwhelmed and blah, blah, blah. So Anyway, if you don't take, if you don't get a hold of the thinking that really created the hell, even if you got a, a momentary uh, get out of hell free card, you'll go right back into it. Uh. Um, so you know, leading yourself uh, versus caring for yourself, because sometimes caring for yourself actually needs to be, uh, oh, I was going to say more harsh, um, but like truth is a bitter pill, and that when yeah. I say harsh, I really mean that. Like, how am I? prostituting myself uh-huh. and how am I selling out to really you know I, I'm just you know people say it all the time like I you know I'm just gonna put my nose down for the next five years and I'm like that's a long time uh-huh. to really hate yourself for a five million dollar payout you know? don't know if you have five years by the way exactly exactly so um I mean back to maybe some of some of the dynamics here most leaders uh, are really great. They're kind of there. They're leading because they're really great at executing. Uh-huh. And so it usually generates 
some possibility of success. I'm great at generating uh, generating strategy and then executing on the strategy. And the kind of, I don't know if it's a hidden thing, but what comes out a lot is like in our work with leaders is like nobody really taught them how to how to be how to be in a generous relationship with people. And that's usually kind of this, it's the subtext of this, of this X factor that Gary's talking about is, yeah. and it takes some, takes some faith to be generous with people. Yeah. It takes courage. Takes a lot of courage. Like if I am, if I do understand someone, even if I understand the complaint that they're in, is it going to bring me more of the complaint? That's the conversation people are in. Like if I, if I like, at least I, I, as I hear from a lot of people, if I like go empathize with somebody that's complaining, um, is it going to get me more complaints uh-huh. or do I just need to take a baseball bat to them, you know, and kind of, um, and that's a, that's a really, it's, there's not much generosity or courage to your point in that conversation. There's a lot uh-huh. of fear and a lot of scarcity and, um, we don't know how to deal with the complexity of the reality that every human being is going to follow their interests. Like as soon as they, as soon as this environment called work shifts, I'm looking somewhere else consciously or unconsciously. And if I'm looking, part of looking somewhere else is disengaging here first. Yeah. Like it's disengagement. Um, and so they'll make you pay either overtly or quietly. All this quiet quitting stuff is about that. It's a way to make bosses pay, a way to make the system pay, but way to make capitalism pay is I'm going to collect what they've promised to pay me and I'm going to slowly not give them the value that I promised at the beginning. Um, my point being that most leaders that I'm with, they're so scared that if they take the hands off the wheel for a minute um, and take the pedal, their foot off the pedal for a second, that the whole thing's going to fall apart. Yeah. And so they can't like slow down. I mean, you probably, anybody that's listening to this that has kids, you know that, you probably know the situation I'm about to bring up where it's like you're on a road trip and you can push it until your kids piss their pants. <laughs> or you can decide on that's a regular basis. It's your style. <laughs> um, or you can decide on a regular basis to like pull over and like check in. And see how they're doing and go to the, you know, we're going to stop and get some gas over here. We're going to stop and take a walk in this rest area for a second and give some relief, literally, to everybody. Uh-huh. Um, and that's that built take, in. Yeah, it's built in. Yeah. And we're going to really check in around what people's experiences are so that if the interests are misaligned, we can align them. Because the or, difference is, is you could... I just think it's worth teasing out. The difference is, is you could look at that as a hindrance to the road trip, right? Mm-hmm. You could the, the bathroom breaks can look, you can make it a hindrance to the goal of the road trip, which you, you know, you've made up some arbitrary amount of time. Google maps told you that the drive should take this long and by mm-hmm. God, you're going to beat it. And so everybody that's got to piss, everybody that needs to eat is a hindrance to this goal, this thing yep. that you've set up as the aim, but actually <clears throat> The what you're talking about is that the the stops and the pauses and the relief can be built in as part of the thing. Uh-huh. Um, That's right. Meaning we're successful if we if we pause. We're successful uh-huh. when we relief. And that's a real time of connection and getting clear and like reevaluating and get you know 
getting energy back and, you know, all of that sort of stuff. So I just wanted to, like, it, it requires a reset of the purpose and the aim of what we're up to. And once you reset that, then you can get really committed to it. You can get really connected to it. Right. Well, I, I don't think most people have this conversation with employees at the beginning uh, where they sit and say, hey, I really want you to be enjoying yourself here. Because, uh-huh. um, you know, happier employees produce more than disgruntled employees. That might seem obvious, uh, but we don't act like that's that obvious. Yeah. Because we don't go check in for the um, dissatisfaction levels. You know, we'll just yeah. like you know, do what we're talking about here, which is like expect this and just shut up and get the job done. Well, because if but, there's dissatisfaction, we might have to slow down. Might have to slow down. Might have to shift some things as but a I boss. I want to see you know, it. Take responsibility. Yeah. 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 I mean, we come across this all the time when we're talking with leaders about getting their leaders in a room. Um, if we get our, if, if you're with us and we get leaders in the room, we're going to talk about how things really are. And that's a threat to the semi-productive status quo. Yeah. Yeah. So you can build. (laughs) I was was talking to a potential client. It was a discovery call. Actually, it was a discovery coffee, which was great. It was in person. It doesn't happen very often. Uh Um, And he was, he's a leader executive talking about a company that he was with before and they're not doing so well. They're they're declining in pretty much every uh, measure. And you know, he talked about <laughs> he talked about they developed a upgrades department. So they're selling mm-hmm. this. It's an online service that they sell, and you know, it's a it's a membership basically. And so you're paying monthly for this service. And they developed an upgrades department. And the the, the obviously the uh, goal of the de- the upgrades department was to reach out to the current clients and upgrade them into a higher package. Right. And he said, when we launched the, the upgrades department, we had more cancellations because people would, were realizing the, the product that we were providing wasn't worth the money that we were charging already when we were like it reminded them that they were paying us money for something that wasn't worth it. So they would, <laughs> we got more cancellations from the upgrades department than we got upgrades. So we ended up cutting the upgrades department. Yeah. And I just bring that up because most of you listening that provide a, a product or a service for people, again, coming back to this idea that your, your employees, your team is your first clients is I'll bet you put a lot of attention in the service and product being something that makes them happy or mm-hmm. that they can be happy with that adds mm-hmm. value to their life. And what you're talking about, Adrian, is having that same conversation with the people who come to work with your team and your company and under your leadership. Are you willing to have a pulse on whether or not this is working for them? Yeah. And, yeah. and, Lots don't. I know that sounds so, it can sound so rudimentary, but so many ha- don't have a yeah. pulse on whether or not this experience at my company actually adds to their life or takes away. Yeah. Yeah. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. Let me say that one more time. Life is not fair. It's what you negotiate. 
Now that's an interesting thought. If that's true, it means that everything you have in life right now, the possessions, the relationships, the fitness, the mindset, are all a product of your negotiations with others and yourself. And if that's true, wouldn't you want to be very clear on how you negotiate? What's effective and what's ineffective? What your strengths are and what your blind spots are? It is, after all, producing all the results in your life. So here's the deal. We put together a 15-question quiz that you can take in five minutes or less and find out exactly what your negotiation style is. The results of this quiz will give you insight into your strengths and blind spots in negotiation. It will also give you insight in how you can accentuate those strengths or compensate for the blind spots. Think for just one second with me all of the conversations you're having in your life. Think about compensation or advancement conversations with people on your team, discussing financial decisions with a partner, or just getting your kids to get their damn shoes on so that you can leave the house. All of these conversations are negotiations. This simple yet powerful tool has the potential to reinvent the way you get what you want in every aspect of life. Go to negotiation.takenewground.com right now or click the link in the description of this episode and find out what negotiation style you embody. You can thank us later. Now back to the show. There's so much here. I mean, I, when I were with this conversation, I just naturally see the whole web of conversations and I'm sure. trying to keep myself focused sure. because stay, it's like everything, stay focused. everything stay is focused. so connected here. Um, yeah. Back to some of these core core conversations about how we see the world yeah um it's a it's i'll just maybe just say this is that if you're listening to this and wondering um how you're doing which i hope you are you know i I hope listening to this podcast is a self-reflective tool you know it's not like you might get some tips and tricks and whatever and whatever but i I hope you're listening and then wondering about yourself and and not to be hard but just to open up possibilities for you because you're probably yes. going to, I know it's my conviction, um, every time I'm in these conversations, I'm thinking, I'm, I'm convicted around my own leadership and asking myself a whole bunch of questions um, on how, how am I living this out? And am I living this out? And if so, how? And if where am I not? And if so, why not? And what's going on for me? And what am I making up about that? And blah, blah, blah. So, I mean, if you're in this and listening like that, um, you might just go ahead and just take a one very simple step, which is ask people what their level of satisfaction is. That's what I was. That's what I was thinking. That that was the next thing I wanted to talk about. Is like feedback. Do you seek feedback from your clients? Yeah, probably. Or if even as feedback exists out there in the world, are people tweeting about your product or your service? Are they posting about it on social media? And are you paying attention to that? And are you if you're paying attention to that, are you also paying attention to the feedback that's on your team and seeking uh-huh. it? Yeah. Yeah. Now, there are people on your team that are underperforming right now. Even if even if you tell yourself you're, they're not, they probably are. And that's usually a deep invitation. People, we say it all the time with clients, like a broken commitment's a cry for help. Uh-huh. And if there's, you know, if there is underperformance on the team, it's a cry for help. And there's some people that it's just time to let them go. Like if they're in a, if they're in a chronic complaint about the team, 
you're on the wrong team. <laughs> you know, you're just on the wrong team. And I was in a conversation recently. You know, so we use this Harrison thing, and they, the, which is this leadership assessment tool. If you've not heard us talk about it a million times, <laughs> and there's yeah. a there's a a gauge, there's a factor, there's a score you get when you take it. It's called once a challenge. And most leaders that we work with have a really high once a challenge score because they're ambitious and they're entrepreneurs and they love challenges and they bring it on. It's very exciting for them. And to quote a client I talked to today, she said, if there's not a challenge, I'm going to go make one because she loves it, you know? Um, and it's as you usually, it's not, this isn't always true, but pretty true that as you work down the organization, that once a challenge score starts to drop. And right now I've got a client that's hiring a, a C-suite executive and I did this assessment and the once a challenge score is really low. And my invite, she was going to move this person through to the next um, interview, which was an on-site interview, which would require flying this person from another part of the country in there. And I said, don't do it. Don't do it. Instead, have a phone call about this score. And be really unapologetic about the type of leader you are. Because I don't think you should get off it. You love challenges. You say, bring it on. It's really exciting for you. And if this person works for you um, and they they don't want a challenge, they're going to be miserable with you. Yeah. Because you love challenges. And it, it, you know your mouth starts watering when something's really difficult. And if they don't want things to be difficult, they're going to hate working for you. They'll last for a little while and they'll you know, gossip to their spouse about you and whatever. And then, but eventually they're going to bail. So like this is, there's, if they're not aligned in the interest of like liking things to be hard, they're not going to like it. So my point being that there's some folks that are just a really bad fit because they want different things. They want a different aspects of the environment. And as a leader, get really clear and really unapologetic about what you're up to and what you're committed to and what you really like. And you ought to like, um, talk about those explicitly with people. Uh, and if you don't know what those are, it'd be great to go have a Harrison assessment because we could help uh -huh. you know a template of, you know, what is could be even invisible to you. Because like a, once a challenge score, when I point that out to people, they're like, oh yeah, that's totally it. You know, but they have they don't have language for it, so they can't express it. And because they're hard charging all the time, people think they're just intense. No, I really love challenges. Yeah. Her her <laughs> her anecdote for me was. If I got to climb, if I got, if there's a mountain in front of us, we got a scale and there's a gondola, I'm probably going to put five, you know, put a backpack with 50 pounds on it and say, let's go climb this mountain. Because I don't want to take the gondola. I want to, you know, load up backpacks and see if we can pull it off. Like that's how crazy she is. Yeah. And anyway, there's a, some of this um, demonizing of people is really just a misalignment of interests. That's right. I saw this interesting post the other day on on LinkedIn. It really struck me. It was from a recruiter. And, you know, all of the, there's all of the, I'm not, I'm not minimizing the effect that all of the, the large layoffs from tech companies have had and all of that sort of stuff. But she was really addressing this climate of headlines um, that are just so outside of, anyway, that's too much background. What she said was, I'm in conversation with so many founders, so many bosses, so many CEOs, managers who complain that they can't find people who are dedicated, hardworking, and committed. 
<laughs> and I also represent hundreds of people who are looking for positions who are hard driving, committed, and want to be dedicated to something. <laughs> so something's not lining up. Yep. Something's happening. And what I'm, I mean, we have the, the advantage, we have the privilege of having the ear of you, the founder. And if this is your problem, that you can't, you di- the, it's impossible to find hard-driving, dedicated, committed people. Turn the camera around. <laughs> Please. Not in an, I'm not trying to be an asshole. I, I, I just, maybe I am a little bit, but like, please turn the camera around. You don't have to try that hard, Chad, If that is your complaint, just observe where are these people, where these people become tools for you and not, and not clients. Mm-hmm. So feedback was one of those ones that I wanted to bring up that I think most people do with their clients or customers, but they don't do very often don't do well with their people. The other one is innovation. If you're a company who pushes the limits of your product and service to stay on the cutting edge, to serve people in the most impactful way you possibly can for your, like to stay ahead of your competition to like all of that sort of stuff. If you put a lot of attention into your innovation for product and service, are you doing the same thing with your people, with your team? Mm -hmm. Are you constantly looking, how can we get the edge with these people? How can I get the edge? How can I innovate with these people in a way that we're top, we're cutting, we're top shelf, cutting edge? And I think that's another question a lot of leaders don't typically ask themselves. Yeah. Well, and I I would add to that because I think those are both great. And part of, I think, the challenge of leaders, which I think is, is understandable, um, is that they feel like it's their job to create the experience of their employees. Now, this might sound weird. It might sound counterintuitive to what we've been saying. What I am saying is this, is that if I'm looking for innovation, I got to check and make sure that the people that are around the table, do they want the same thing? Yeah, and right are, they willing, are they willing to innovate themselves, which means like leave the really well-known territory that they call themselves? And I mean, I, I think part of this is just, hit, it hits me how bored people get so quickly. And, and most leaders aren't willing to shake up the process. Um, and, and like, even I'm just thinking on a very practical sense, like hold different types of meetings and actually generate tension. That's if you want to like find somebody's edge, you better generate some tension. Yeah. Because then now it's like, oh shit. Yeah. Now I really got to show up to a meeting. Um, now not everybody's going to want that and they're going to want to like, you know, just go be in attendance in a meeting instead of really be there instead of be present. Um, but my, my, I guess my point here is that if you want, if it, to your point, well taken of, are you innovating with your team? And then also, are you diving even deeper into that and, and checking in on to see if you've got willing participants that want to innovate themselves? And are they there to actually grow or are they there just to do? Yeah. Um, and if you've not checked into that conversation, there might be a wealth. There might be like, if you drill into that, there might be a whole shit stuff, like great stuff that comes out of that. Yeah. Um, if you invite people into, you know, because there's, there's, 
there is plenty of thinking out there that work is just work instead of work is opportunity for myself, uh -huh. you know, and I'm actually want to throw myself at something where I find my edge. I actually am pushed. I am pulled. I am, you know, challenged. I am, you know, I do find out what I got in the tank. Yeah. And that's yeah. a, that's a, that's a cultural issue, you know? That's well, all of that's the, that's the beauty of work is that all of that's available for you. Right on. Um, right on. That's the beauty of being a team. That's the beauty of leadership is that all that's waiting for you and waiting yep. for the people that you lead if they're up for it. Yep. Um, as a leader, you get to become a master of inviting people into it and yep. also a master at gauging whether they're up for it. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah. Great, man. This is a great yeah. conversation. This is great. Hope you guys got got stuff out of it. Love to hear feedback around this episode. Love to hear you disagree with us. That'd be great. Um, <laughs> I love to hear about like what you're doing to really innovate with your team and yeah. you know, what came out of it. If you jumped into some of these conversations, we'd just love to hear some feedback about it. We're, we're really craving some feedback on these episodes. So please let us know what you think. Um, and anyway, we cherish, we cherish uh, feedback. So, and we'd love to hear what worked and what didn't work. Cause we're, you know, we're not doing this just talking microphones. We're actually doing it to make a difference. That's right. Uh, also I, I don't want to, um, miss the opportunity to mention the Revenant coming up yeah. in April in Boise. Uh, that is once again, a playground. It's a gym for practicing feedback or practice, practicing all of the principles that we're talking about in here is how do you see other people and invite them into something more meaningful uh -huh. And, uh, and it's, uh, yeah, going to be incredible experience already. It's filling up quite quickly. Yep. Uh, and the people who are going to be in this room are high level, powerful, really great hard driving people. Yeah. This, this thing is going to, this thing's going to pop. Yep. So, uh, if you want to be there, you can go to wearerevenant.com. You can get registered as long as seats are still available. Uh -huh. Um, so check that out or reach out to us if you got any questions we'd be happy to hear about where you're at um and if this is right for you yeah and uh, again we are revenant.com otherwise love you man thank you for this yeah thank you for this i hope you guys are all well that are listening and let me just double down real quick uh to chad's chagrin on the on the revenant um i went to the revenant over a decade ago and one of the most impactful experiences of my life. Uh -huh. And if, if you are at all committed to wanting to make sure your life counts at the maximal level, um, then come to this training. Because it is going to be a, a place in which you get to practice self-mastery, get to practice um, accelerating the impact you can have on yourself and on other people. So I, um, I could, I'm being extreme because I actually believe it this way. And I promise yeah. you, I promise you as one of the guys is going to be up in the room facilitating conversation, I'm going to be there a hundred percent full go, not holding back at all. Um, and I'll make a fool of myself for you. So, <laughs> um, hopefully if not, I've held back and I'll beat myself up in the hotel at night, but I'm going to be all in a hundred percent all in. It's a unique environment. So it's not a place to come learn shit. It's a place to come be practice the art of becoming the person, you know, you want to be. 
I'll be right there with you in that level yeah. of commitment. Oh yeah. yeah. It's going to be fun. I'm so, I'm looking forward to this one. Holy shit. I told somebody this is going to be the most impactful one we've ever had. I just got the sense yep. that it's going to be so. And um, anyway, you won't want to miss it. So go check out that website. Uh, make the space to come. Um, and uh, you won't regret it. Yeah. Make the space. Nobody has the space. No, make it. Damn it. It's not make just it. like sitting there. You have to make it. Yeah. So anyway. Move shit off your calendar. Do it now. Yeah, we'll 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 see you there if it's if it's for you. Yep. Hi, brother. Thanks for right. that. See you. Well, my friends, thank you so much for joining us for another episode of the Naked Leadership Podcast. As a heads up, every Friday we post a Cliff Notes version of that week's conversation with all the highlights in under five minutes. Check that out for a quick and powerful reminder of the principles discussed. I hope this conversation has been valuable to you. If it has, the greatest compliment you could pay us is sharing it with somebody who could use it. Thanks so much for listening and until next week, bye-bye everybody.